Hello, and welcome to another episode of In the End, a morbidly curious podcast. I'm your co-host, Emma Hitchcock. And I'm Tara Ingman. And we have, like, some orders of business before we start this week's podcast. So the first order (laughs) of business, and a very happy one, like one we were delighted by, is we wanted to give a shout out to... Uh, we wanted to give a shout out to Anastasia, um, who left us a comment on Podbean, like on our Podbean app. Um, yeah. And so like, thank you for that. It was a lovely comment about how we managed to make anything morbid, like fun. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. So thank you for appreciating it. And uh, yes, thank you so much. It made us really happy. (laughs) And our second order of business, something that we're also happy about is that we just passed a couple of weeks ago, our one-year anniversary, Woo! you guys. Yay! Yay! And, uh, <laughs> and we have noticed in, in about the last year, we've had like a 140% increase in listeners, which is like fantastic yeah. and amazing. Um, We're very excited about it. <laughs> but one thing I have noticed in trolling like the back end of our... <laughs> of our stats lately is uh, we've had a huge uptick in the people listening to our episode on the Spanish flu from last spring. (laughs) Right. Yes, that's true. Can't, uh, can't imagine why. So we're recording this on Sunday, uh, March 22nd, just so you know. So this will drop on Friday, but we're pre-recording it. Um, And we just kind of wanted to give like a little, um, I don't know, summary of where we're at. Uh, with coronavirus <laughs> and it's not right great worldwide um yeah. i happen to live in i live in the u.s right outside of philadelphia and we were one of the first areas to have like basically a complete shutdown so i've been in my apartment for like 10 days straight now um which like i'm fine with like introverts of the world unite um <laughs> or just stay at home and don't talk to each other because that's how we roll but um yeah, the number of cases is climbing and everything is shutting down and everybody is panicking. And, like, I don't think we need to panic. And, um, like, in the U.S., they've started asking for individuals to make, like, face masks for hospitals because they're running out of supplies. So, mm-hmm. as I mentioned to Tara earlier, I don't think our listeners would be the sort of people that do this. No, certainly Um not. But if but maybe someone you know is right, doing this. If if someone you know is like hoarding face masks in their basement, um, maybe encourage them to <laughs> donate to their their local hospital or health clinic right. because in order to run tests for this, they need to have the protective equipment to do that. Um, yeah, and that's currently an issue, specifically on the East Coast right now because the East Coast and the West Coast have been because their population centers mm-hmm. the hardest hit. So everybody yeah. stay calm um, and like stay away from other people and the faster we all decide to do that the faster this will be over because you can't (laughs) right you can't spread it right if there's nobody to spread it to so (laughs) funny how that works funny how that works but yes we saw like a huge we've had more listens on our spanish flu episode now than we did when we dropped it and it's like i can't imagine that's great for anyone's anxiety um No, I, I don't think that's calming anybody's no, 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 no. fears. Like, <laughs> Sorry I, about I that. went back oh, and bad. listened to it, and it's like, I mean, it's us. We're always going to have a weird sense of humor about it. But I think listening to two people cackle about, you know, the last great pandemic that sw- swept the world was probably not, like, great. So let's, uh, we, we right. had, on our schedule for this season, we had planned to talk about a disease roughly now. Fantastic timing, as always. Um... <laughs> And so this week we thought we'd talk about smallpox because yeah. it's uh it's I, let's call it lighter fare than um <laughs> than a lot of other diseases. It has a happy ending right. at least. <laughs> it has a happy proactive ending, which I'm right, which I'm right, a big fan of. So yeah, um, happy pandemic, everyone. Uh, yeah, if you're home listening to podcasts. <laughs> welcome, and you just found us. Um, <laughs> So let's let's talk about smallpox, baby. Um, let's talk about smallpox. So what is smallpox? It is a virus. And there's two strains of it. it. There's variola major and variola minor. And I think when, like when most people think of smallpox, they're thinking of variola major. It's the more severe form of it. Um, the mm-hmm. other one is like that makes sense. a way less. Yeah. Right. 
It would be funny if it were reversed, if they were like, very old minor, the super serious one. That would be kind of awesome, actually. If they went with like the musical connotations of major and minor instead, that would be Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. great. But they didn't. So that's not where it's at. Um, The first evidence of this comes uh, from roughly like the third century BCE in Egypt, specifically from Egyptian mummies. Um, Hmm. I mean, that's what the CDC says. I know there's, like, other points in time that people will point to because, you know, viruses don't last that long. Like, there's no DNA sample to, like, right hang out right. with. Um, so what they're judging on is, uh, like, the rashes that they can see on the skin mm-hmm. of, like, mummies and things. Right, so yeah. they're like, that looks yeah. like a smallpox rash. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> Smallpox is out in the universe being smallpox. And um, (laughs) there's a couple ways that it spread. So it could be um, largely through like droplets. So like coughing and sneezing and stuff. And then you Mm -hmm. get it into your system. And once it's into your system, it attaches to like your respiratory mucus and then moves to your Hmm. lymph nodes. Yeah. Gross. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. and it kind of like does its thing and then it starts to break down the cell walls so that it can get into your bloodstream and go everywhere. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Gross. So <laughs> there's stages um, to smallpox like everything else, like starvation mm-hmm. and tuberculosis and whatever. Um, <laughs> right. First stage would be incubation, obviously. So yeah. Um, somewhere between seven to 19 days of incubation, usually 10 to 14. Um, okay. During which phase you're actually not contagious, unlike a lot of other huh. um, viruses. Okay, like, that's good. Typically, that's good. Typically, you can be infected with a virus and like not know and just like typhoid marry mm-hmm. it up. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, not the case with not the case with okay. Virus. That's good. I mean, from not from the virus's point of view, but like from humanity's point of right, view. That's right. That's good. <laughs> As the host, uh, I appreciate that. Um, right. The next stage would be like your initial symptoms stage, which um, hmm. lasts about two to four days. Um, and you're sometimes contagious in this stage, but actually very rarely. So even once you start showing symptoms, huh. you're not particularly contagious. Okay. But your early symptoms are a high fever, head and body aches, and sometimes vomiting. So at this stage, Hmm. you probably think you have, like, the flu or... The flu or cold or whatever whatever general malaise situation happening. Um, Then you get to, like, once you're through that, you start with... um, We got an early rash. Hmm. Apparently, your rash has a sense of time. So your early rash... (laughs) Lasts about four days. Um, and this is when you're the most contagious at any uh, stage okay. for this. You're the most contagious. Right. So when you get these little small red spots appear on your like tongue and the inside of your mouth. Ew. Okay. Gross. Um, and then yeah. those little sores break open and it spreads the virus. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Smallpox is nasty, y'all. Like... <laughs> Just, just fly okay. for some upcoming info. <laughs> it's gross. Um, so the sores break open and it spreads the virus like into your mouth and throat and allows it to uh-huh. um, move about and infect the entirety of you. You continue to have a really right. high fever. And then once those sores actually break open to start spreading, that rash mm-hmm. will spread to the rest of your body, usually within about 24 hours. So... Oh my god. Yeah. That is really fast. It, smallpox don't fuck around. Um <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn. So um towards the end of your early rash stage, the fever will start to decline. And um by the end of this stage, all those little like sores, all your little red spots, your pox, mm. as it were. Um yeah. They're filled with this, like, thick, opaque fluid. Um, and the little spots usually have, like, a dent in the middle. It's one of the hallmarks. Like, it's a... Huh. Like, easy, that's how yeah. you know it's smallpox it's easy, instead of something else. Easy to identify thing. It has a little dent in the center of your pox. Blah. 
Yep. Um, then we move on to a stage that the CDC likes to call pustular rash and scabs. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anything having to do with pus is so nasty. Okay. Also, like a... Scabs, also super nasty. But like a, a pus rash. Like, oh, okay. Oh, gross. <laughs> um, this will last and seemingly interminable 10 days. Um, oh, God. You're still contagious. Uh-huh. And all of those little, all your little pox now actually turn into, like, pustules. So they're raised and rounded oh. and, like, hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> they're often, like, the texture of it is, it's like having a, a pee under your skin is what they, but, like, oh god, that's so all gross. over your body. <laughs> All, all up in there. So yeah. after about five days, um, the pustules begin to like crust and then they scab. Hmm. Like they turn hmm. into like a little scab again okay. all over your body. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this takes us to kind of the final stage, which is again, ooh, uh, it's such a lovely title for a stage of existence. <laughs> it's called scab shedding. <laughs> oh nasty <laughs> oh god <laughs> and it usually lasts about six days and it's exactly what you think all of those scabs start to fall off and uh-huh. you are still contagious so until every single scab has fallen off your pox riddled body um you're you're still contagious nasty mm-hmm. um Typical complications from this, like things that make it more dangerous than some other things, Um, because it's often in your respiratory tract, you can develop like bronchitis and pneumonia. Hmm. Um, One in 500 cases, it will also cause a type of encephalitis, so like brain swelling. Ooh, okay, yeah, that's serious. Um, And then there's some like eye complications in about 2% of cases, so Hmm. not to ham. Because you get... Pustules in your eyes? Like, is that on, what you're yes. about to tell me? Yes. <laughs> um, your eyes are not exempt from said rash, so it will often lead right. to, like, conjunctivitis, obviously. Like, you get yeah. some kind of infection. Yeah. Um, and then keratitis, which is, like, you can get that on your skin. It's, like, you know how sometimes people have, like, chicken skin on their upper arms? Hmm. That's a type mm-hmm. of keratitis, so it's when... Okay. You get like a hardening inside the um, uh, the word I'm looking for. Your pores. Um, you get a hardening inside your pores. Um, that causes that. So you can get that on your eyes too, in like the places that you have pustules. Oh God. Okay. Um, and it can also cause corneal ulcers, basically. So. Okay. Um, never heard of such a thing. All right. In conjunctivitis, ideally, like they can treat, and it's not terrible but if you get the keratitis or the corneal ulcers like 35 to 40 percent of those cases will go blind as a result hmm. that's a very high number yeah, yeah. Okay. But, i mean it's out of two percent so well right 35 percent right. of two percent of people who get this yeah yeah, yeah. Will go blind yeah. but it's not an uncommon side effect yeah. so that's that's like your typical smallpox. That's like your basic bitch smallpox um <laughs> wait okay so at which stage of this because, like, all of that, super disgusting and, like, sounds terrible to experience, but doesn't by itself sound that deadly. So, like, where where do people die and why? So, it's... Like, just a pox doesn't sound like it would kill you, you know? Well, so you've got, like, all of those sores all over yourself and they right. break open, which means you have thousands upon thousands of little open wounds so it's often opportunist uh, secondary infections. secondary infection your immune system right. is completely trashed so it, it right, can't of course, fight yeah. off the virus which is how you end mm-hmm. up with like bronchitis pneumonia like mm-hmm. all of these secondary okay. things like smallpox in and of itself but it weakens you to the point that like other things, other things kill yeah you. or your body just like gotcha. gives up and is like pass <laughs> right it's like i'm tapping right. out done out. <laughs> this has been fun and all no more <laughs> right that's fair yeah <laughs> okay um but there's a couple other 
like subtypes of smallpox. So there's hmm. like modified variola major, modified smallpox, which is rarely fatal. Um, and it does tend to skip some of the symptoms. So like you might not have a fever hmm. or yeah. you may never get like the little hard pustule rash. Like it, it skips some symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which symptoms? Huh. Okay. Potluck there. Could be anything. But um, <laughs> that's the hallmark of it, of modified, is that it oh. skips symptoms. Okay. Then there's um, a phrase you would love to have associated with smallpox, which is malignant smallpox. Okay. Great. Um, that's awesome. The spots in this time, they remain flat. Like, they don't turn into, the, like, little hard pustules. And there's very little hmm. fluid. But you have a prolonged fever, and it's nearly always fatal. Um, huh. Okay. So, as malignant would suggest, as, yeah. But then there's, like, next level horrifying. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> wait for it. Hemorrhagic smallpox. Oh, no. Right. That's really not good. Um, so the signature of this was extensive, obviously, bleeding into the skin. Uh-huh. So instead of... Into the skin? Yeah. So okay. instead of turning into, like, instead of bubbling up, it just caused uh-huh. bleeding under the skin. So people would have, like... The appearance of kind of like burnt flesh because they just had blood everywhere. Yeah. And it included like not just not just like your outside skin, like not like oh Oh, god. But um (laughs) your mucous membranes, you'd have hemorrhaging Mm -hmm. in your mucous membranes and your gastrointestinal tract. Oh Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Fun. Oh, that's awful. So, um, yay, that's smallpox. Uh, the mortality rate on this was about 30%, typically. That is high. Extremely. And um, the treatments for it are, nope. There, <laughs> there are no treatments for smallpox. Like, once huh, you have like it. even into the 20th century? Correct. Nothing. There's nothing okay. that was effective in treating it. They could, they could treat symptoms. They couldn't treat the disease. Right, right. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I wonder why that is. I mean, viruses are notoriously hard to. Yeah, I was going to say antivirals are like not even now or like really only kind of a thing for very specific cases. Yeah. And that's what I think is viruses mutate very quickly. (laughs) So coming up with something that works for that and wouldn't mutate further. Uh huh. It's hard. Yeah. Like, we have enough trouble. Like It's very difficult. We talk about, like, um, like bacteria and stuff, right? And so we're like, oh, antibiotics are great. But, like, we have to keep creating new antibiotics. <laughs> right, yeah. And bacteria <laughs> develops slower, like, mutates slower. Much more slowly than, than viruses, yeah. Yeah, antivirals are, are a difficult proposition. They're yeah, it's true. Problematic. So that's smallpox, y'all. Um, so let's <laughs> talk about, like, the history of this deeply horrifying grossness <laughs> yeah. um it it typically wasn't like a constant like it wasn't just like an ever-present thing people worried about like it would come in these big outbreaks right so right right like i said the first known they think known outbreaks would have been in egypt um and mm. then it was sort of like brought to india in the first millennia bce there's some question mm. As to which came first. Like, some people think which, it started in India. Yeah, which direction but, that happened, yeah. Um, then it moves uh, to China in the first century CE. Um, hmm. And then okay. to Japan around 735, like 735. And it's believed to hmm. have killed as much as one-third of the population <laughs> during that yeah. outbreak. That jump, yeah. 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 It may have accounted for the plague of Athens, in 430 BCE, which killed about 75,000 people, 200,000 people, mm. depending on... Yeah, which numbers you yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it, like, becomes such a thing that certain cultures create deities around um, smallpox. Like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> India, China, and certain parts of Africa, like, they have their own, like, gods of smallpox. <laughs> that's amazing just <laughs> that is some serious uh specialization yes there <laughs> extremely so I, i'm not gonna go into like all of them but i wanted to there's a reason i wanted to point out this one but the yoruba religion which is kind of like modern day nigeria 
um, mm-hmm. yeah. had it's Sapona or Shapona. I've seen it spelled both ways, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure. But okay, um, yeah. as one of two like major gods, and he was like the god of the earth, right? So he's like, "Yo, I give you grain, my people." Yeah, um, yeah. And they thought smallpox was the result of like Shapona's divine displeasure, like quote unquote, di- right? Which is a fantastic phrase, like. <laughs> Um, and so smallpox was like the vengeance for this. And they thought it was, so he like, he gave grain to his people and they thought smallpox was, um, like those grains coming out of the skin. Like, huh? Yeah. 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 That's cool. I like that. I was like, that's sick. Yeah. That's like saw level messed up. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's a really good uh, origin story for smallpox. Right? I like yeah. that. I, I dug it. And uh, nice. The the name was considered like just the name Shapona was considered to be taboo, and you were like never allowed to speak it. And there were specialized priests, <laughs> like you couldn't uh, worship Shapona. Like you needed to have like right. an intermediary, this one priest who did this one thing. Uh, yeah. Please no smallpox. He who must not be named. Right. Um. <clears throat> And that some of the Yoruba religion came over uh, during like the slave trade and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what part of the reason I wanted to mention this because I think it's kind of <laughs> awesome is the CDC uh, in Atlanta has four statues to Shapona, like that were gifted ah, to them cool. as an organization. <laughs> um, nice. If you look at their That's online cool. museum collection, like they're pretty sweet. Like they're cool little statues. Awesome, I dig that. That's very cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not that uncommon to have ancient gods of, like, pestilence, generally. Right. Like, that's a thing you see in many different places. But, like, to have specifically gods of smallpox, right. like, that's, that's hardcore. Their, that's yeah. their jam. Just this one thing. <laughs> right. That's all they do. Just smallpox. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like the uh, if you get into, like, the Greek and Roman mythology kind of stuff, like, there are some hypers like specialized labor in there. That's true. That's true. But they often do more than right. one thing. They've got a. You know? I mean, it's, so it's like the Catholics too. It's like yeah. the saint of the saints are these forty five right. things, and it's like well, right, right. Yeah. And they also get yeah. hyper. It's like saint of burnt bread, and I'm like, really? Do we <laughs> do we need that? But okay, right, sure. <laughs> I mean, look. Eventually, there are a lot of saints. Like you're gonna run out of shit to be like the saint of, right? You know, so like, eh, sure. what are you gonna do? <laughs> I'll be the saint of burnt toast. Sure. <laughs> you do you, buddy. Um, part of the reason we have identify, have trouble identifying exactly where this started is because, to review, medicine didn't really exist back in the day. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they were working with very limited observational skills, right? So they don't have, like, microphones. Mm-hmm. Or microphones. They, well, they definitely didn't have microphones, but they also didn't have <laughs> microscopes. Um <laughs> To look at stuff. So the first formal like guide to smallpox from a medical professional. The pause was me trying to think of a better way to explain that. Um, right. In quotation marks. Was yeah. in the 10th century in Persia. And so he actually wrote a guide to like hmm. outline this is smallpox as opposed to some measles or pox. other things that yeah. might look similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, some other like rash right. thing. Yeah. Which like there's tons of those. Right. Could be anything. A shitload. Yeah. <laughs> Ringworm? Like, no. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they've, he actually sets up, like, a formalized guide for identifying it. So, like, once that huh. idea spreads, you can rely right. more on accounts um, to tell you when there was a smallpox right, outbreak. Right. <laughs> but um, I think this is really fun. Uh, fun. <laughs> the European monarchs, like dropped yeah. like flies from smallpox for a while and like the Habsburg line of succession changed like five <laughs> times in the course of a hundred years because of smallpox <laughs> it was doing its thing it was doing exactly yeah. what it was supposed to do right like that's yeah totally <laughs> way to go smallpox <laughs> and by the mid 18th century it's endemic to everywhere the entire world it has spread huh. everywhere um except yeah. Australia and some small island communities, which is like not surprising hmm. because they can right yeah without airplanes and fast travel <laughs> to Australia, like they're pretty immune to yeah. a lot of things. And 
if you see a yeah. ship coming into the harbor and everybody has the pox, like, nope, go away. <laughs> right. Pass on you, folk. Bye. <laughs> you get off that boat and I will shoot you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not we will burn the ship down before we let you dock. Bye. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's endemic everywhere. People are observing this over time and they realize that people who had it never got it again so if there was an outbreak and you got Mm. it and you survived the next time there was an outbreak you were chilling like you were good fine yeah so in the 17th century there was an english doctor uh thomas seidenham who noticed that people who could afford treatment did worse than those who couldn't (laughs) so like all these rich folk are like i have smallpox (laughs) Get me a doctor, and they were more likely to die than like peasants. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, not surprising if you consider the treatment of the day. No, so right, herbal concoctions of things that may or may not have been poisonous, always a <laughs> always a big hit back in the day. Right, bloodletting. I bet bloodletting. Bloodletting for sure. <laughs> Let's bleed them. They're already oozing smallpox goo from every surface of their body. Let's bleed them. Um, yeah. And then you also get, like, the doctrine of signatures at this time. So it's, like, the like cures like thing. So if you have... Huh. Right. Right. Like, red things were often used to treat yeah. smallpox. Um, uh, the history of medicine is, is hilarious. I do kind of admire the spirit, though, of, like, fuck it, right. let's try this. Huh? Totally. Or making it so complicated... That you're guaranteeing, like, job security, right? Because, like, I have... For sure. Whatever. Typhus. And they're like, okay, mm-hmm. what, like, we talked about this before. Like, you need to go out into the woods on a full moon and find a goat <laughs> that only has one horn. And then you need to take exactly four hairs, no more than four, exactly four hairs from, like, the back of its head and, like, put that in some vinegar and bury it in the ground. For, and by the time you've even tried to do any of this, you're dead. So it's like, well, <laughs> you didn't follow my right. prescription. Yeah, yeah. It's not my fault. Or, what can I do about like, that? like, super yeah. complicated things for, like, a headache. By the time you've done all of those things, your headache is gone. So, like, bonus. Right. Cured. Magic. <laughs> um, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But Seidenham is actually funny because even though he noticed this and he noticed that people who were treated did worse his specific recommendations mm-hmm. to treat smallpox were um to not have a fire in your room so keep it nice and cold open all the okay. windows all the time keep all those windows open okay so again we're back to like the ever popular fresh, fresh air, air cures cure. everything <laughs> right yeah which i mean like fresh air is not gonna hurt you so fine right. <laughs> um he said don't pull your bed sheets any higher than your waist sure okay sure whatever (laughs) and then my personal favorite is to administer 12 bottles of small beer every 24 hours that is a lot of beer okay i can do that (laughs) right i can just literally drink all day sure i'm sure it would help with the pain if nothing else yeah exactly (laughs) don't know how that would go with small children but like sure um so what did people do so we get to like the inoculation part of the story here um, which okay. was actually practiced in China and um, and Africa before it was practiced in Europe, before it became like the code of oh, medical okay. law to inoculate people. Yeah. In China around like the 1560s under the Ming Dynasty, um, they hmm. came up with like a, a system. Okay. <laughs> You're going to like it. So what they okay. did is they went to people who had smallpox and were in the scab shedding stage. And they were like, hey, can I have some of your scabs? And they took their scabs. Um, okay. And they like ground them up and then they took <laughs> a straw right. and they blew them up the nose of like non-infected people. <laughs> no, they did not. Yes, they did. <laughs> oh my God. That is so disgusting. Like, no, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> it's also, again, I want to know who thought of that. Who was like, I have right? a plan. <laughs> Like, what else have you been snorting up that straw, my friend? Like, what? <laughs> right? Like, okay, I understand, like, as you said, we're in the, like, 
like cures like and we've noticed like people who get it they don't get it again like i understand all of that i understand how we get to like we need to somehow give the scabs to other people to like treat this i i get that but like blowing them up the nose how did we get there like no (laughs) let me also like let me collect scabs and then grind them in my little pestle and mortar and then so gross blow them up your nose like there's a lot happening between people who get it don't get it again and that like i'm gonna need there are a lot of steps help me understand here my good friends in the ming dynasty what um oh that's so disgusting yeah get the fuck away from me with that straw but, no thank so you people who developed like people who did this they would develop a minor case of right smallpox yeah um and then get better and be immune so it was right. if effective so it's effective and it takes yeah. the mortality like this kind of technique takes the mortality rate down from 30 percent to depending on the population between 0.5 and 2%. So it's, Oh wow. Okay. It's very effective. So it's, I mean, it's still not great. Like if you, if if somebody comes up to me and they're like, Hey, I'm going to blow scabs up your nose and there's only a a 2% chance you'll die again. Fuck you. Um, Right. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) I'm going to go stay in my house. Like I'll be, I'm good. (laughs) Right. Pass on your smallpox fuckery. Like, I'm out. That's so disgusting. (laughs) Nasty. Um, But the idea, it is effective. And so the idea spreads um, to the Near East and then to Europe. Um, And it's practiced in, like, Turkey and Persia and Africa, like, way before it's practiced in in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um. Actually, uh, George Washington in the U.S. institutes it for the U.S. military, like during the Revolutionary War, Mm. because people were dropping like flies from smallpox. And he was like, I have a better solution. Instead of 30 percent of them, how about two? Everybody line up and I'm going to give you smallpox. And they were like, wait. (laughs) I don't remember that being in my. Was he also snorting it up their noses? (laughs) Um, I no, I think that was skin to skin. Like, I think they would like. Uh, Okay. Okay. Gooey scabs on you instead. So there's no good. There's no good way. Yeah, there's no good method for that, is there? <laughs> um, but, like, Washington had it, which is why he had, like, all of the scarring. Like, mm, right, right. About, like, his facial scarring, and it was from smallpox. Which I didn't talk about yeah. in the complications, but, like, you guys, like, if you have giant pustules <laughs> all over your body, there's going to be some scarring, period, the end. Right. Um, so then we get into, like, actual, like, vaccination instead of, like blowing scabs up people's noses um <laughs> in the mid uh, 18th century there's some early attempts to like figure out how to vaccinate but it's it gets a little muddled equipment isn't great <laughs> right um william woodville was he figured out that like people who had cowpox didn't get smallpox hmm. right yeah. um and so he's like this is my solution, but, like, in trying to come up with a vaccine for it, he, like, accidentally mixed some smallpox in with his cowpox. <laughs> Oops. So we're just kind of back to, like, the old school inoculation at that point. <laughs> to giving people smallpox, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, in 1768, uh, Dr. Fuster, which is a fantastic name, um, <laughs> he, like, also noticed the cowpox thing. So what happened, there was an outbreak, and he went out to, like, the rural parts around the village to be Mm -hmm. like hey guys um there's a smallpox outbreak uh and you should maybe get inoculated and the the cattle workers like cattle were like Mm -hmm. no we're good and he he was like no but for real smallpox and they were like for real we're good um and he made the connection (laughs) between cowpox and smallpox so yeah what the hell is cowpox it's um it's a virus from the same family as smallpox but it's a much milder you can only hmm. you can only get it from cows, so only huh. farm workers, which limits the number of people which then, who would have like, been exposed. I have questions. Okay, <laughs> about how precisely <laughs> one contracts smallpox from a cow or cowpox. I mean, from a cow. Like, 
do you have to be like in contact with their like open wounds? Because then I have like questions about what you're doing. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're a cattle rancher and your cows are sick, like you're handling them and you're you're, treating it, I guess, trying to take care of them and you're around them. And if they're shedding scabs, they're everywhere. So you're like in contact with that as you're bailing hay and like all of this kind of stuff. So. Okay. I, I don't if you can also get it from the scabs yeah sure that makes sense. i don't have me. like yeah. i don't have a ton of questions about why cattle workers would have cowpox like if you are not a cattle worker then <laughs> yes i have many questions <laughs> right now i guess i didn't think about the scabs yes that makes yeah. sense to me okay yeah yeah um and so dr edward jenner like runs with this idea it's been published people have noticed cowpox is working. and he's like okay we're, we're going to take some cowpox and we're going to start testing this. So keep in mind, ethics were a little different back in the day. Um, <laughs> right. So what he does. Medical testing. <laughs> totally different ballgame. Yeah. So what he does is he takes uh, his gardener's son. Sure. And infects him with cowpox. Okay. It's just like, let me rub this right. all up on you. I'll give you some cowpox. <laughs> Which I guess was cool. Um, he got sick, he he got better. And then a while later, um, he tried to infect him with smallpox. He was like, let me take some smallpox and rub that all up in your junk and see how that goes for you. (laughs) And he didn't get sick. And so he's like, proof of construct. And he starts doing a larger series of testing to figure this out. Um, and does eventually figure out that this is the vaccine for it. Like, let's Mm -hmm. do this. Let's do cowpox. Cowpox is great. Yeah. Let's give ourselves cowpox. Right. This is going to be awesome. Which is like, it's a thought process I, I would like to have one day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I should do today? I should give myself cowpox. <laughs> right. Sure. Or rather, I should give my gardener's son mm. cowpox. <laughs> That's not a thought I would ever not have. Not me. Like, let me take a... Definitely not me. <laughs> a small child from my, in, my uh, domestic staff and... Uh, rub some cowpox on him no that's not a thought i'd ever have but so like how do we scale this up right because mm-hmm. it's dependent yeah what are we gonna do in fact every single person in the entire world with cowpox that sounds unrealistic unfortunately that is actually that that's like the solution to this problem but we have to figure out how to get there so until the end of the 19th century um they had to like maintain cowpox on cows to like collect this in order to distribute it right so that's a little right. mean like that's just like a little yeah. mean um or do like the skin to skin transfers so like once mm-hmm. things bust open then you like rub it on somebody else gross yeah, <laughs> um they do come up with some like short-term storage solutions like once they figure out like glass tubing and stuff they're like okay we can like keep it mm. but right um, I mean, refrigeration doesn't exist yet. Exactly. So, so <laughs> you could only keep things for so long right. in an unrefrigerated test tube. So yeah. that like buys you, I think, about 48 hours and that's it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Other obvious downsides to skin to skin transfer are things like syphilis, which was running rampant. <laughs> um, right. And so may have some cowpox and, and also, also some sif. side order of sif <laughs> enjoy pass i'll pass thank you right. um so sydney copeman figures out like in testing and trying to figure out better storage solutions that if he put the um solution into some glycerin it extended the shelf life a little longer hmm. so that you could right do that and that's kind of like where we sit for quite a while until about the 1940s early 1950s yeah um when leslie collier produced a heat stable freeze-dried vaccine so in a weird way we're back to like dried scabs yeah of the 1560s um so it makes it like a powdered substance and he added some phenol to reduce the potential for contamination in this Mm -hmm. yeah snortable cowpox um, <laughs> um, the dried version would stay effective for up to six months, even at oh. um, temperatures up to uh, 37 degrees Celsius or 99 okay. yeah. degrees Fahrenheit, yeah. which makes this yeah. portable. 
and uh-huh. you can take it into like more remote areas. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get it like out into the jungle, the jungles, or up into the mountains, right. or like yeah, that's out into the steppe and that yeah. sort of thing. Wherever, wherever we've got to go, we can go now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then once rehydrated again, you had about forty-eight hours. So, hmm. okay. It honestly, I imagine, makes transporting it easier. You can it, it's shelf stable. You can keep it longer. Um, you can travel to new and fantastic lands with it. Um, but also, it would be <laughs> lighter to carry around rather than like oh, yeah, sure. glycerin. So, yeah. High five, Leslie Collier, for figuring that out. Um, yeah. So this method is developed and becomes more widespread. And in 1967, the World Health Organization um, decides, you know what? (laughs) Fuck smallpox. And they just decide, they absolutely decide they're just going to eradicate it. They're like, we're doing this. It's happening. Welcome to the new world order. The new who order, as it were. Smallpox. Yeah. So there's this huge global effort to like vaccinate literally everyone and people just like throw money at this project left and right they're like yes we will do this um america is one of the major funders of this because they had Mm -hmm. the funds to do so but um yeah and and it's effective it's incredibly effective so they start this program in 1967 the last known case of smallpox uh in the americas is in 1971 Oh, wow. That's really fast. No crap. Okay. Like, they went out and they were like, we are jamming this down your throat whether you like it or not. Right. Ha- you are getting this vaccine. I have pictures of, like, the WHO SWAT team. Like, the equivalent of the WHO SWAT team, like, showing up at your door and just, like, kicking it in and being like, you're taking your vaccine, man. Um, the last known case in Southeast Asia is in 1972. So, again, quick turnaround. Okay. The in- yeah. Indian subcontinent is 1975. <laughs> There's a bit of a lull for a couple of years, um, and then they go on like a search and destroy mission, like hardcore, <laughs> because cases yeah. of it keep popping up in Africa, and they're like, <clears throat> the fuck. So they're like scouring the continent to find the last holdouts <laughs> yeah. of smallpox, and right. the last endemic case is in um, Somalia in 1977. So ten years, okay, like ten years, and it's completely gone. Yeah. However, however. <laughs> Asterix okay. subnote. That is not the last known death from smallpox. Huh. Okay. How does that happen? How does that happen, you ask? Yes. Uh, in 1978, there was uh, a contamination breach in a laboratory at the University uh, of Birmingham. Yes. Right. And it got into yeah. the air system. And hmm. so two people were um, <laughs> contracted smallpox. They were working in offices, I think this floor above the labs. Oh. Um, and two people contracted it and one, uh, Janet Parker died. She's the last known death from smallpox oh. in 1978. So well done researchers. <laughs> right. Well, and as a result, the world health organization is like, you know what? This seems like a bad idea to just have like smallpox <laughs> hanging out. Right. Um, so they go after all the known stocks of smallpox at labs and mm-hmm. either destroy it or move it to other facilities. Yeah. So as of 1984, the only two <laughs> known stockpiles of any smallpox virus um, are mm-hmm. either in the CDC in Atlanta in the U.S. or at Vector in uh, Coltsovo, Russia, um, mm. which is 1984. Right. It's the Cold War, like... It's the Cold War, yeah. If the U.S. has one, the USSR has to have one, too. Yeah. (laughs) And vice versa. Um, Yeah. Which vector is um, the State Research Center for Virology and Biotech. I believe that's the... Okay. It's like the... the, It was at the time, like the Soviet version of of the CDC, CDC, basically. And so, like... That's it, y'all. Like, smallpox is a past tense. There has not been a known yeah. case of smallpox since 1978. Nice. Um, and it was just, like, a decision. It was a decision we made. Um, yeah. That we were not fucking with the shit anymore. We so. weren't going to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just so you know, like, because I know this is a paradox. Anybody who ever watched The West Wing probably remembers the episode mm. where Josh freaks out about the end of the world and he yeah. talks specifically about somebody dropping a vial of smallpox in the middle of grand central station. 
Um, yeah. I'm not sure which came first here. Was Josh's freak out? Or if you go on the CDC website, they actually have like very detailed outline plans for the event of a, a smallpox outbreak. Um, <laughs> there are still stores of the vaccine at the CDC in several yeah. medical um, facilities, in, both in the U.S. and around the world. So they're like, in the event of, we have a plan. Yeah. Um, and you can go read through those. It's it's fantastic. It's like every anxiety nightmare you've ever had about smallpox. They're like, we got you. <laughs> we got a plan. They've got a plan. So um, uh, that's kind nice. of great. So yeah, that's yeah. Well done, humanity, on that one. We eradicated honestly. it, yo. Yeah, yeah. And we were smart enough to not. Like, to keep some samples around in case we need them in the future. That, honestly, is almost more surprising to me. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it seems like the sort of thing that humans would do to destroy all of them. And then, be like, like, have it come back and destroy closed. us eventually. Burn it to the ground. <laughs> right. Good on us. Like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Good, good job, humanity. Look at what we can do when we just, like, decide to, you know? Yes, we can do great things. And like, let's let's roll this into the current situation, right? Let's hmm. viruses yeah. are hard, right? Shucks. People, smart people are working on it. Excellent. Yeah. Um, the mortality rate on this is decidedly higher than anyone would like it to be. Let's right. be honest about that. But it's dramatically yeah. lower than things like the Black Plague or smallpox. <laughs> right. And once we had a solution, we just, like, decided to fix it world round. Yeah. So, like, great. I I feel reasonably comfortable that if the mm-hmm. right people are put in the right place with the right resources, th- this is not going to be the Spanish yeah. flu. Um, no. No. And also, like, bonus, I get to sit in my pajamas all day. Like, I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm happy there's a pandemic, but I'm trying to look at the bright side right. here, right? I'm like, I got coffee. Absolutely. <laughs> I will, however, say, and about half of our listeners are from the U.S., WTF, you guys, with the toilet paper, for real. Like, <laughs> there has not been... T- I cannot even tell you how many times non-Americans have asked me that question in the last, like, two to three weeks. Like... What is going on with America and the toilet paper? And I just have to be like, I I don't know. I have no explanation. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. And so you were saying that there was a run on, like, laundry detergent. Yes. Where you yes. are. Yes. Here, once the, like, s- schools closed and people were, it was before, like, hardcore lockdown had started, which we're totally, we're not, like, 100% there yet, but, like. Like, schools had just closed, and everybody right. was starting to panic shop. <clears throat> and, yeah, one of the first things to go was, like, laundry detergent. Yeah. Which is funny, because, like, I can still go to my grocery store and find plenty of laundry detergent. <laughs> and so I was, I was, like, joking with Tara. I was, like, Americans don't care about clean clothes, only clean buttholes. Like, I, there has not been toilet paper in the state of Pennsylvania for, like, three fucking weeks now. Like, before schools closed, before... Before we had a confirmed case, toilet paper, gone. Napkins, gone. gone. All paper goods. Anything you could potentially wipe your butt with, gone. And I'm baffled. Like, I'm just... It's baffling. Americans, cool it with the toilet paper. It'll be okay. Though I did... Oh my god, this was so funny. And this is, like, not a plug. I bought one thing from them one time and they won't stop emailing me. But Wayfair sent me an email yesterday... Being like, bidets, now in stock. And I laughed for like 20 minutes about that. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, I just heard, um, I was listening to something today that was talking about how people are, yeah, installing bidets in the U.S. now. Because, so that, that's going to be the next thing that runs out. Bidets? Bidet There's going to be a run on bidets. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Everybody just calm down. Right? Like, just. Right. <laughs> Just stay home, do your thing, yeah. watch some Netflix, It'll be okay. play some video games, and, like, 
Every moment that you feel inconvenienced by this, I want you to think of hospital workers in Italy and Iran and, mm-hmm. yeah. well, China's got it under control now, but a couple of weeks ago in China. But previously. Yeah. New York, Washington State. South Korea as South well. Co- like, yeah. there are a lot of people having a much worse day than you if you have the luxury to sit right. and listen to us be ridiculous about smallpox. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. Or go back and listen to the Donner Party episode. Um, right. Which, yeah. Can... No matter how crappy your day was, you didn't have to eat your family right. today. So, I mean, I assume. I hope. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like we definitely haven't, haven't gotten that far. That point so, yet. we're doing okay. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, mm-hmm. stay away from other people um, <laughs> for now, and, and we'll get through this. Like, that's, yeah, it's going to be fine. It'll be okay. Let's all just keep our wits about us. Yes. <laughs> and it'll be all right. <laughs> That's the major problem we're currently having is panic. And right. We don't need. That's to. not helpful. That's not helpful. So. We don't need to yet. Just be <laughs> nice to each other. Yeah. yeah. Calm down. And take a breath. We'll get through it. We'll it'll be, be fine. All right. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at In the End Podcast, or you can email us at In the End Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, and we hope you do, we would love it if you would rate and review us <clears throat> on whatever your preferred platform is. Or just and like tell a friend, just like text them, be like, hey. Yes. Also, tell a friend. If you feel like some of the people you know would be comforted by the story about how we defeated smallpox (laughs) share the episode with them (laughs) so thanks for listening we'll be back in two weeks thanks that if he wants to (laughs) i but i also like i i just imagine what it would be like to be a mouse at that point so like Imagine I'm in my house and every time I open the door, there's like a fucking six story dragon. Just yeah. waiting. With its face right, right at the door. <laughs> Just gonna go ahead and close that. 